From the Center for the Advancement of the Steady State Economy, this is The Steady Stater, a podcast dedicated to discussing limits to growth and the steady state economy. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brian Check, and this week we're going to be talking a little bit about the upcoming election. As you know, this is an unprecedented, exceedingly unique time in politics. And uh, the presidential, the American presidential election is probably the single best example of this, uh, this uniqueness. And we're going to be talking especially about Joe Biden and juxtaposing some of the options that he has in terms of his messaging on the economy, especially uh, with President Trump. Uh, now, of course, we don't at Cassie, at the Center for the Advancement of the Steady State Economy, we're entirely nonpartisan, so we're not necessarily endorsing a candidate. But what we do like to do, what I like to do on the Steady Stater and, and on our blog at steadystate.org is we like to critique those politicians and those policies that, see, that seem overly, overly enthused, obsessed even, with GDP growth. And frankly, there's never been a better example of that than the guy that's in the White House right now. So we can't let that, we can't let that go by without uh, scrutinizing that. And uh, we also have a hope that Joe Biden's going to do something a little bit different. And we see four themes, you might say, that are especially relevant to, to limits to growth, politics, to the prospects for advancing the steady state economy in electoral politics. So let's take a look at these four themes. First of all, of course, well, there's limits to growth itself. Limits to growth has never been much has never been a mainstream political issue, but now it's getting there by virtue of the concerns over climate change. Climate change is of all of the uh, manifestations of limits to growth, it does tend to stand out among people as the existential threat out there. Uh, we haven't gotten enough traction with issues like biodiversity loss and habitat loss, loss of green space and pollution of, of various types. But in the particular case of greenhouse gas emissions and the unraveling of our global climate and, and therefore our global ecosystems, ecosystems around the globe, yeah, it has become a central political issue. So there's that. There's that. The next issue, and this one isn't, uh, doesn't redound entirely to limits to growth. It's the theme for all of politics right now, and that, of course, is the COVID-19 pandemic. It's the worst thing that uh, most of us have experienced in terms of a public health issue. Uh, it's un unprecedented unless you go perhaps all the way back to the Spanish flu of 1912. Nothing has stalked the land with this kind of relentless rapidity. And uh, so that's a huge issue. Which of these candidates is better at, at dealing with that? And which of these parties? 
And of course, stemming as well from that pandemic, you have a recession. We could call it the COVID-caused recession. And if we look at the pandemic and the recession, uh, we see that the recession isn't only resulting from the pandemic, it's resulting largely from Trump's responses to the pandemic. First of all, he underplayed the severity of it from the get-go, and so he led many people to believe it wasn't a problem, it wouldn't be a problem for long. Everybody remembers that. He said it'd be gone in a week or whatever it was right at the beginning. And, he, and furthermore, there seems to be some evidence that the White House ignored much earlier evidence of it uh, coming this way. So there's that, and uh, you know, and then Trump has has rushed people back to work. He's rushed kids back to school. Uh, all of these things, all, all of the rushing to reopen the economy, has been so that he could get those GDP numbers up for his reelection. And uh, so now we have limits to growth, the COVID-19 pandemic, the COVID-caused recession. And we see that we have a, an incumbent who's done nothing on either of these topics that has been helpful on, any, on either of these three topics that's been helpful. So what does that make Trump? You know, we, have, we actually have an article on our blog right now that talks a little bit about this. It's called Joe Biden, Donald, quote unquote, duck, and a steady state soul of America where you know, they call him the Donald, we call him the duck now because he's performed so poorly, especially on these huge issues. And the polling is starting to show this now. Hey, he's a lame duck, folks. You don't hear him called that much just yet. But, you know, if you go to our article, you'll see, you'll read about the lame duck. You actually see a, a, a morphed makeover of Donald Duck and the Donald. <laughs> and so now... Uh, we have the duck as Joe Biden's opponent. And so what this does is this gives Joe Biden uh, a real advantage, kind of a, a luxury, you might say, an electoral luxury. Remember when, uh, well, probably most of you are, are too young to remember this, but when Jimmy Carter was at the end of his term due to the Iran hostage crisis and a few other things, he had become a very lame duck. And what that did was that emboldened Ronald Reagan to really let loose with the, uh, what he was going to do differently. These sweeping approaches to GDP growth. And uh, so that resulted in things like James Watt being appointed as Secretary of the Interior is just one example. But the point here is that when you have such a lame duck and he's getting lamer by the day, this gives Biden the opportunity to, uh, to go with some pretty sweeping changes. Now, Joe Biden has talked about restoring the soul of America, and we think that soul was in pretty tough shape from both sides of the political aisle, frankly. That's one of the reasons Trump got elected. There were plenty of problems on the other side of the aisle. And so uh, we think that, that Joe Biden needs to do more, more than just restore the soul. We need a, a, a reformed soul, frankly. We need a, 
a better soul, more truthful, with more concern for posterity. And that leads us to uh, consider some of the basic alternatives that Joe Biden has going forward as he talks about the economy in his campaign and then acts upon uh, once he's in the White House. Uh, so let's consider those two really key metrics or criteria or variables there, truth and concern for posterity. Now, we have, this is also uh, something you can find at SteadyState.org. If you go to uh, the Steady State Herald, that's our blog, you'll see this, this di little diagram, very, very simple diagram. I, I'm sure you can picture it in your mind. You have along the bottom, truth. That's from zero to 100. Far left is entire dishonesty. The end, uh, the end of the spectrum, the other end of the spectrum is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Now, on the y-axis, you have concern for posterity. So if you don't care at all about the future, you're at the bottom of that spectrum. If you're very concerned, you're toward the top of that spectrum. So you can envision then with those two forming uh, the, the bottom and the left boundaries of this quadrangle, then you have four cells in there. Let's start with the, we'll start with the lower right one. And we're going to call that growth at all costs. Uh, it's in the lower half because when you're all about economic growth uh, with little concern for anything else, that means you don't have a, much of a concern for posterity by definition. And furthermore, when you're pulling out all the stops for GDP growth, you are pulling the rug out from your kids and your grandkids and those around the planet. So uh, now you can be honest about that. You can say, look, folks, I frankly don't give a darn about the spotted owl or the red wolf or the black-footed ferret. I'm all about GDP growth. I want, I want big cars. I want big houses. I want there to be, uh, you know, more money in my retirement account. I want, uh, I want to be able to uh, do whatever I want without any interference from the government, with those darned environmentalists getting in the way of my projects. You know, I want the stock exchange to set records. You know, you know the deal, the whole uh, uh, wild-eyed pro-growth program. You can be honest about that and say that's what you want, and that puts you in that category called growth at all costs. Now, you can also be dishonest about that, and you can say, look, we're going to grow the economy gangbusters, and we're not going to hurt the environment, and we're going to protect public health, and we're, we're still going to have all the national parks and all the green space, and it's not going to be too crowded and too noisy and too stressful. We're going to save all those things and yet set records with our GDP growth and with the stock market. Folks... That's uh, what Joe Biden might call bunk. And that'll put you in the, the lower left quadrant, which we call Trumpism. Because Trump is the epitome of that ethic that reflects a lack of concern for posterity and dishonesty all the way. Joe Biden juxtaposes himself to Trump, as he should. And in this case, with this 
these quadrangles that we're considering, that puts him on the better half, both in terms of truth and in terms of the concern for posterity. So that, put, that puts him in the upper right quadrangle, if you're still following along with the, the figure now that we have in our minds. Puts you in the upper right quadrangle, and, and we can call that steady statesmanship. And in this case, a Joe Biden form of steady statesmanship, it may not be at the very furthest upper right. It's going to be more in the middle of that cell. Uh, he may not be explicitly mentioning the steady state economy. He may not get up there and say, look, folks, we need a steady state economy, not GDP growth. But we do think that he can point out explicitly the perils and the stupidity of pulling out all the stops for GDP growth like Donald the Duck Trump has. So uh, the, the prospects for steady statesmanship uh, for a presidential candidate have never been better, and Joe Biden's the perfect guy for it. He's an elderly statesman. He's got some wisdom. Uh, he doesn't stand for bunk, and he juxtaposes himself to Trumpism. So he's a natural fit for steady statesmanship. Now, there is one other cell in that quadrangle, that's the upper left, <clears throat> where you do have concern for posterity, but the truth can oftentimes be quite questionable. And that's what's called the Green New Deal. And we're a little bit worried, you know, we steady staters uh, who are especially concerned about transitioning away from GDP growth to a steady state economy, and uh, in this case, after some period of degrowth due to the, the COVID-caused recession, uh, we're a little bit worried that Joe Biden may gravitate into the Green New Deal. And the thing about the Green New Deal is there's quite a mix in that cell, and in particular along that truth spectrum. The problem is that there's a significant element within the Green New Deal that believes or, well, or that touts this uh, oxymoron of green growth. Green growth. They think that or they try to tell you that as long as we just convert everything to renewable energy, well, then we can, then we can have an economy that doesn't endanger species, that doesn't overcrowd us, that doesn't cause more and more stress, that doesn't cause resource wars around the world, and, uh, and that doesn't risk uh, pandemics when we send people back to work too soon. It's nonsense. The Green New Deal uh, is, is a great thing in terms of concern for posterity, but when it's coupled with that fallacy of green growth, it's actually quite dangerous. When you think about it, uh, the, the notion of green growth is pretty much the same as the old Clintonian rhetoric that Bill and Hillary used to do. And, and actually, this, this is one of the reasons we think Trump eventually became a viable political candidate and, and uh, wormed his way into the White House because the Clintons would be out there saying, uh, some people just don't get it. 
There is no conflict between growing the economy and protecting the environment. When everybody knew that was a bald-faced lie, of course, there's a fundamental conflict between growing the economy and protecting the environment. Uh, if you didn't see that, you didn't have, you know, you didn't have any vision. So uh, we have to be very careful with the Green New Deal in keeping that green growth part out of it. That's why we prefer to really uh, identify the juxtaposition with Trump as steady statesmanship, total honesty about limits to growth, total honesty about the conflict, the trade-off between growing the economy and protecting the environment and protecting public health and protecting the happiness of, of people. Now, once again, I do want to make clear that Cassie is nonpartisan, and so, you know, we're not necessarily endorsing a candidate. We, we will say that uh, the candidate who is best at raising awareness about limits to growth is probably the best for the country, and we would encourage all of our listeners to reach out to your local, state, and federal representatives to demand action on raising awareness of limits to growth. Uh, that's what we need to help to create a groundswell of political support and to, to empower a candidate like Joe Biden so that he can indeed take advantage of the lame duck status of the duck, Trump, and, and provide some real bold leadership about the economy, in particular about GDP not being everything. You know, it's not too hard to envision a candidate. Let's say it's Joe Biden. It's not, not difficult to envision him up there on the stump, juxtaposing his approach on the economy with that of Trump. He might say something, for example, like this. We actually drafted a little speech that he might give. He might say, friends, the world doesn't revolve around GDP. Just ask any parent with a sick child or anyone who's lost a friend to COVID. The economy is supposed to be for us, not the other way around. We don't live to grow the GDP. GDP was never supposed to rule our lives, trash the environment, or push us to the brink of war. But Trump's blind pursuit of GDP growth, growth at all costs, is like miles per hour being the only thing that matters when driving a car instead of smartly and safely avoiding the obstacles. It's like consuming as many calories as we possibly can instead of the right amount for healthy bodies and sharp minds. It's like building as many towers and casinos and golf courses as we can squeeze onto the landscape instead of maintaining our national parks and forests and heritage sites. That's just a, a snippet of a sample speech that that we posted there at the Steady State Herald and we're hoping you know we're hoping that our politically active friends will go there and have a look and uh, you know help help encourage help empower democratic and frankly uh, smart more progressive Republican candidates as well uh, this is the year 2020 it's no longer the case that that we want rapid GDP growth that we want any more GDP growth. 
What we want is happiness. What we want is uh, room for our kids and grandkids to live in a healthy environment. What we want is for people not to be dying left and right of coronavirus or other pandemics that come up that that result when things are too crowded and you're pulling out too many resources out of the ground and and you're exposing yourself to uh, viruses and bacteria that otherwise would have never gotten into the picture, much less so virally, so to speak. So, once again, we think that Joe Biden is uh, potentially the perfect man for the perfecting of juxtaposition with Donald the duck, the lame duck Trump, and to, uh, to lead us toward a more sustainable outcome, both in this election and for years to come. We hope that, that you will participate in, in helping to make this happen. And uh, that's about it for this week. I'm Brian Check with the Steady Stater Podcast. See you next time.